0: Stone gets the puck after the draw. Petrangelo shoots, save, and a rebound, score! Chandler Stevenson finds the puck in the slot, pocks the rebound, and the Knights are back in the lead, 3 to 2. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios, and live at lvsportsnetwork.com. Without it, oh, and a tip puck and a shot, they score! Michael Abadio, the Knights win it in overtime! 5 4 Vegas!
1: Home of the Woo!
0: Ready to go, ready to rock and roll. Let's get at it. We got one more sleep until the conference finals start between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars. The eastern side will kick off in just over an hour as Florida tangles with Carolina. We got a lot to get to today. You will hear from Mark Stone and Jonathan Marcheseau in a matter of moments as they spoke to the media at the podium on Conference Final Media Day today at uh, City National Arena. John Shannon will stop by, our NHL insider, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada. He has opinions. He's not afraid to share. Mike Rupp from the NHL Network will pop on. Uh, He had uh, an interaction with Rita, I'm told, on Twitter. He did. We'll ask Rupper if he remembers it, Or whether it was just one of many back and forths that he has uh, on Twitter. Uh, We'll also get to Bruce Cassidy and his media availability today. And Jack Eichel and Aiden Hill uh, were at the podium today. And let's start with Jack Eichel Mm -hmm. before we get uh, too far uh, down the path of opinions and commentary regarding the series. Jack Eichel is a guy that is feeling it right now and is loving every minute of this. He had fun today. On the ice during the practice uh, that we carried live on the VGK streams, and uh, was enjoying it. Was l- one of the last guys out there, and then with the media, cool, relaxed, and just at ease.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Jack Eichel uh, feeling a little Bob Marley before he gets into the room, singing in the hallway. Like I, I love how loose and uh, and just in- how much he's soaking all of this in. How much he's enjoying the the process of being in the playoffs. And really, just trying to be uh, in the moment in terms of of enjoying this process. It's fantastic.
0: I just—he's got this confidence to him, mm-hmm. this swagger to him, this relaxed vibe about him. And maybe those things are all different, or maybe it's one big feeling regarding the just happiness of Jack Eichel. He's probably never been in a better spot in his National Hockey League career
1: than right now, individually and as a team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. I think for Jack, it's it's one of those situations where... He has taken his game to a new level. He's in a, a prime spot to succeed, set up for success. He's been working on it all year long, and I think right now when you start to look at what Jack's been able to do in the playoffs and how I think he's been able to to take his game to another level, he's just feeling something right now. It's a vibe with Jack Eichel, and, and it's a good vibe for the Golden Knights moving forward. So if you had Rookie of the Year in the National <laughs> Eichel playoffs mm-hmm. and you you categorized it as
0: guys making their first appearance you got jack mm-hmm. you got aiden mm-hmm. you got lauren <laughs> could, uh, there's been some <laughs> big contributions there <laughs> yeah. from, from from guys uh brett howden's first year with the vegas school of knights in the playoffs mm-hmm. there's been some really big performances from players that are relatively new to the organization jacks a year and a bit
1: Mm -hmm. um yeah you're you're right on the money like obviously what what Lauren was able to do round one was fantastic for vegas and and i think for jack like his his games just kind of continued to grow and you know the 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 ability to go stride for stride with connor mcdavid in round number two connor had 10 points jack had nine at five on five jack outscored connor seven to three and i know it's not about individuals but when you look back at that series you're going to remember some of the plays that jack eichel was able to make individually one-on-one against connor mcdavid and when you look back on it he he got himself to a western conference final his first year uh in the postseason so it's hard to overlook just how impactful these players have been and then as you mentioned aiden hill Coming in in a real tough situation, and all he did was just kind of continue what he was able to do in the regular season, which is give you really, really good minutes and stop everything he's supposed to. And they all had question marks coming into the season. Mm-hmm. Training camp, we were talking about Jack, fully
0: healthy. What would uh, the performance be relative to uh, being healthy and ready to go and in a great environment now that he's comfortable with the team? Uh, Aiden Hill. What would he provide on the goaltending front? Was he competing for the number one job, or was it uh, defaulted to Logan Thompson? And where would that tandem uh, fall in? Uh, You have uh, somebody like Bersois, who spent time in the minors. And then there was Mark Stone, who, coming off the summer back surgery, what was he going to be able to deliver? Mm -hmm. And he put forward a career-best pace. Before being sidelined again, mm-hmm. and he's come back, and I don't even think of him coming off back surgery anymore after after two rounds of the Stanley Cup playoffs.
1: No, not the way that he's played, right? And and I know that you know we kind of go back to that first game against Winnipeg, and and there were quite a bit of overreactions in the moment to not just Mark Stone but the Golden Knights a, a, in general as a whole. And you know, I, I think for Mark what he's been able to do really outside of that one game against Winnipeg, is nothing short of spectacular, miraculous, whatever word you want to put on it. He has come in, and I think you're right, answered a lot of questions that maybe people had coming in off of his second back surgery. But Mark Stone looks to be just everything you wanted him to be and maybe even a little bit more for this Golden Knights team. If
0: Vegas was able to get to this stage, now's the time that... I had circled Mm -hmm. as to when Mark Stone would really start to get it in gear. right? Be able to start giving you some production uh, along the way. After rounding his way into uh, Stanley Cup playoff level form, I thought it would take a long time, two rounds. Mm -hmm. That's a month of hockey uh, to get there and and he did it in, in game two, which was fantastic. Uh, he was at the podium today along with uh, Jonathan Marcheseau. We'll bring you other players, including Jack Eichel in a little bit, uh, Bruce Cassidy as well, but here's Mark and Jonathan meeting the media.
2: How many times have you had hats in your front lawn? Uh, only twice, uh, <laughs> two years ago against Colorado. I had a hat-trick there and that was the first time. Right side goal case and not Vegas for mark but how much
3: do you look back on that series in the bubble against dallas how much does that come up in this leading into this one um i'm not so sure it really brings up much um you know teams have changed coaches have changed um you know i think both teams have different goalies um but yeah i mean obviously don't want the same results so Um, But I don't think that that series is really in the back of our minds. We're more worried about uh, the way we've played this year. Jesse Grange with The Athletic for Mark. Um, What do you
0: think it's going to be like playing against Pete and specifically the system that you guys ran for the last few years?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be, you know, he knows a lot of uh, our player tendencies, and we know a lot of his coaching tendencies. So um, we'll probably just cancel each other out once the series gets going. you know we're trying to beat the Dallas Stars uh, whether they play one way or the other um, I mean we had a pretty good game plan going into the Edmonton series and we you know we hadn't really played much against that coach at all um, there's video out there right and uh, everybody watches video, so I think everybody has a game plan of what they they want to have success against uh, the other team and, and it's no different uh, no matter who the coach is. Yeah, Dan Rose on NHL.com that's really for either one of you guys but it's It's noticeable the size and the mobility that you guys and your defense group has and how it plays a role Uh, what does that do for you guys as forwards to understand the the size back there and they're also capable of skating and how does it play a role in this series with the way dallas definitely likes to funnel pucks towards the net
2: uh yeah it's gonna be huge for sure Uh, but we knew before the year uh that we had probably one of the best d core in the league so uh, we're definitely taking that uh, at our advantage and uh uh, yeah, they throw a lot of pucks in front, and I think the blue paint battles both sides are going to be really important. And uh, I thought we did a good job la- last series, but I mean, against Dallas, it's it's going to be harder. So and to win the ultimate uh, goal here, it's always going to get harder and harder. So it's, it's a challenge that we're definitely looking forward to, and I think that we'll be able to, to have success.
1: Ryan Clark, ESPN. This is for either one of you. When you look at sort of not only the series Jack has had, but the experience he's had with you guys, what do you think it has been that's allowed him to succeed on ice with this group, but also off ice to where it seems like everyone just speaks genuinely highly of the guy and they seem like they're all homies.
3: Um. God, it's a good question. I. I, I don't know. I think like I even, I mean, I've said this for, what I've been here for five years now um it's a pretty easy group of guys to uh, to jump into um I did it um you know Petra did it um you know, everybody who's come in here there's been a lot of turnover um to try and make this team better and um you know it's been you know I guess a testament to Jack coming in here and not um you know trying to you know change anything just trying to fit in and that's all guys want here is They just want guys to come in, be themselves, fit in with the group and um, that allows your on ice uh, success to happen. Um, you get chemistry with uh, with guys off the ice, on the ice. Um, I thought he's done a really good job at that. Um, you know, with, with him and Marci and, and Barb's, they've uh, created chemistry for the last three, four months, uh, um, which has allowed them to have this kind of success. But um, like I said, it's uh, an easy locker room to, to be in. Um, guys love coming to the rink every day uh, playing for one another and, and he's no different Back
1: Jonathan do you ever reflect on the fact that you came here in expansion draft and now you've been to the final four four times in six years you've won nine playoff rounds more than anyone else than Tampa uh,
2: <clears throat> yeah I mean we've definitely done a lot of good things right uh, a lot of positive after every season uh, but I mean at the point where we're at right now, it's we can't think too far, but the ultimate goal is to win it all, right? So, uh, I think that's one thing that uh, Bruce has been doing a lot, is keeping us in the moment, taking one game at a time, and that's a, that's a mentality that uh, Gerard was bringing a lot to the first year, just one game at a time right after the beginning of the season, so uh, yeah, we're just focusing on tomorrow, and uh, we've done a lot of good things in the past, but that's as strong as a group as if we've ever had here. So we have to take advantage of the situation we're in. And uh, yeah, I think he, every guys believing in each other here.
3: Um, Mark, just for you, uh, back in January, did you think that you would still have a chance to play this season? And what does it mean to you that you're sitting here now based on everything that you've gone through? I did. Um, when I got hurt, um, this is kind of what, you know, it kind of bothers me about the whole situation. When I got hurt, I knew that I had a week or two to rehab to try and get back to play the rest of the season. That rehab didn't go well. Um, and I knew that the first possible game that I could get cleared to play would be potentially the start of the playoffs. Um, so I made the decision to, to, to get the surgery and I worked hard. Um, I didn't just, you know, float through a rehab. I worked hard because I wanted to be a part of this. Um, and and it's paid off for me. Um, I've been able to enjoy the team's success um, with everybody and, and I'm on the ice. Uh, so, yeah, I um, I didn't want to miss miss being a part of it. Um, so I'm just just happy with, with where the team's at and, and the success that we've had so far. But um, we're only halfway, but definitely I, I knew I was uh, there's a potential that I could come back and play um would I did I know that I would play the first game of the playoffs no I didn't uh, I didn't know that my rehab was going to go that smooth um, but fortunately it did we have time for a couple more questions.
1: Danny Webster Las Vegas Sun. John before game three in Edmonton how did you kind of stay afloat as far as staying positive, knowing that you were going to find the back of that eventually? And when it did, did it did it seem like something opened up over the last four games of that series to where it started to click for you?
2: Yeah, I mean, sometimes obviously, uh, it's hard to get in a slump and get out of it, you know? But I mean, at the time where we were at that time, time we were playing some good hockey like we we didn't necessarily need me to produce at that time everybody was everybody was chipping in at some point and it just happened that the past few games I've chipped a little bit more and but I mean it's it's a mentality we have this year it's when it's one guy that steps up next game might be another guy that steps up and I think that's the strength of our team is our depth and it can be any guy every, any night and uh, yeah and Also, when you you hit a slump, it's if you don't get any chances, it's demoralizing. But if you get chances, it's it's a matter of time. And that's for any offensive player, I think. So yeah, just stick with it. Always stay positive. The next day is a new day. The sun gets up and put in the work to become better.
3: Uh, John, what's different with the team now that Mark is back and playing?
2: Well, uh, I mean. The fact that he's on the ice, it's unbelievable. Like, You don't have a lot of guys in the NHL that makes everybody else on the ice look better. And he's the kind of guy who makes everybody on the ice look good when he's there. So uh, he makes your team really that much better. And uh, it just shows by his presence also off the ice how calm he is, how uh, great of a leader he is because he's the kind of guy that going to step up in a room and say something but he's going to bring it on the ice and that's how you make it a great leader and uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's one of those things that he's just a game changer for us and he has been ever since he came in uh, in Vegas.
0: And the production has been off the charts compared to where he came from and I thought there was some emotion in his voice when he talked about he just wanted to be back mm-hmm. and he's heard all the things and the innuendos about possibly pacing himself uh, in his rehab to time it for the Stanley Cup playoffs because of salary cap purposes. But he said he worked hard and there was no guarantee he was going to play game number one. But then also producing along the line. Mm-hmm. like You've got round one production there, and then you've got right beside him round two mm-hmm. in John of the Marsh. So two big pieces to the Vegas Golden Knights, reason why they're in the conference final.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it kind of goes back to what uh, John of the March was talking about, that earlier on in the playoffs, Everybody else was was going, and, and there was a lot of production up and down the lineup. We've talked about balance quite a bit, uh, but going into Edmonton, you, you needed a little bit more out of John of the Marshes. So, and boy, did you get it! Five goals in that series, a natural hat trick in the closeout game. Like he'll you, take that all day long, um, and just kind of the, that that point on Mark Stone, right? Like the the idea that he's even got to come out and say, I worked incredibly hard to get myself here because I didn't want to miss this, and there wasn't any guarantee that I'd be ready to go game one. i I think that you just have to try to digest that as much as possible. Like Mark Stone worked his butt off to get here. and I, I don't think that some of that pushback blowback that 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 you're seeing the discourse is necessarily fair or warranted. You have, a, you have a you had a player that was injured, and he did whatever he could to make him make sure that he was back. To be a part of a run, I, to me, that should be commended. Yeah. And I understand some of the chatter
0: uh supporting their team mm-hmm. by way of – taking the odd snipe at the opposition. I get that as fans. That's what uh, people do. And uh, the rules are what the rules are. And uh, and if you time it, and what that's exactly what they did with the surgery, to be back, uh, then you can use it and fuel yourself and field uh, a better lineup. And that's what they did. But don't forget, and this is what I kept reminding people when they were bringing it up, The Golden Knights were spectacular from the All-Star break on, Mm -hmm. and they won the Pacific Division and claimed the top seed in the Western Conference without Mark Stone. So uh, that was uh, advantageous to how good they were and how hard they all worked. And would you rather have had an easier go with your captain? Of course you would. Mm -hmm. But don't let it overshadow what this team did, and you can make a... Uh, a strong argument that being able to uh, have that opportunity to have that number one seed give you some confidence, a little more swagger,
1: has uh, helped fuel this club. I think it it gives you another dimension to your team, right? Like, you know how good you are with Mark Stone in the lineup, but now for a Golden Knights team that that was looking at the back half of the year when things were getting really difficult and everyone in the West was kind of taking off, the Golden Knights had to keep pace, and they had to keep pace without their captain, and they were able to do that. So I think it gives you a lot of confidence in everyone that you have in the room. It gives you confidence in your depth. It gives you confidence in the guys that were there and that were producing and that were coming up um, in in unsung hero situations. And you know, I think it makes you a better team all the way around, top to bottom. It just makes you a better team. I think it helps Jack too. I I'd
0: yeah, strongly. We'll side with the uh, claim that Jack Eichel took more ownership of mm-hmm. that room and his role on that team down that stretch drive. Maybe, maybe he didn't score a goal per game, but there was games and plays, uh, and he was battling injury during that time, too, where mm-hmm. he had to grind through it. I think it really helped, uh, helped him. We'll get an outsider's opinion from 30,000 feet. Uh, he's a voice that you know very well, uh, appearing here every Thursday on Fox Sports Las Vegas and the VGK Insider Show twice a week uh, during the Stanley Cup playoffs. John Shannon is going to stop by, the former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, plus Aidan Hill, along with Jack Eichel and Bruce Cassidy and one-timers as the Eastern Conference Championship Series uh, starts this evening. It's Fox Sports, Las Vegas.
4: Hello, Canada and hockey fans of
0: the United States and Newfoundland. <laughs> He used to have the most important job in Canada. Now he's willing to give us a few minutes. It's time to chat with John Shannon. How you doing, pal?
4: Doing great. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. Uh, how are you and your buddy Chapman getting along?
4: Oh, we're doing fine. Yeah? He oh, yeah. Like, he, yeah he's, he's calling me Shanny now. I know. <laughs> I set him up for that. And oh, I said I he know. was going to be just I, fine. And, and somehow... I knew that, because you know how much I hate nicknames.
0: <laughs> I know, but, but you're just fine. I told you not to I've, do it. I've called you Shanny forever.
4: You were actually, you and your pal Nick Kiprios yes. were the first ones to call me Shanny, and the, for the first time in my life, I had a, nick, I had a nickname at 54. <laughs> I never had a nickname until you guys called me Shanny, and it was at, it was at the uh, draft in Montreal in, in uh, 2009. Wow.
0: I didn't know it was then.
4: Yeah. The same day Michael Jackson died.
0: Really? Yeah. That You put your nickname, you getting a nickname, and Michael Jack. that's how it uh, comes together for you.
4: Hmm. We had the same doctor.
0: Or <laughs> hey, did I say that out loud? Sorry. <laughs> You're doing a lot better. Hey, J- JS, that's,
4: I've heard you be referred to as that. Yeah, but that's not a nickname. Those are my initials. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Makes sense. I, I didn't know, cause Cause I, I went, as you know, the multiple times I, I send vicious emails to you, they all end with JS. JS.
0: <laughs> that's what I know that it's work, John, and not buddy, John. <laughs> that's, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's how I differentiate uh, the two. Uh, yeah. Let's let's look at the Eastern Conference, and then we'll get into Vegas and Dallas uh, at the end. Who should be the favorite in this series? It, let me ask you another way. If you take the regular season out of play, who's the favorite between Florida and Carolina?
4: Oh, I still think Carolina is. Um, I just think that they are deeper. Uh, they have more speed. They they are as tenacious a team as possible that we've seen in these playoffs. Uh, I, I think that the, the ease... Of which they disposed of the Islanders, particularly, was impressive. Uh, so I, I would I would say that Carolina should be favored in this series, and and yet when you think that Florida can beat the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs on their way to this point, um, how can you not give them a bit of an edge? So, but I, I still think it's Carolina.
1: When you kind of look at this series and, and the the level of goaltending that the Florida Panthers are getting right now out of Sergei Bobrovsky. Do you do you believe it can kind of continue over the course of another series or two?
4: No reason to think not, Ryan. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where um, you know he he is a quality goaltender. Mm. Uh, he did not have a great regular season. There was he was sick for part of it, uh, and he also made Paul Maurice sick for part of it. Um, but I, I would I would say that when he's in this mode and he's getting plenty of rest. Uh, I think that Sergei Bobrovsky can keep this up. I, re- I really do. I mean, he's, he's that good an athlete.
0: He's won two Veznas. So oh, no I know. That's, I, that's should, right? I mean,
4: this, this guy, you know, we've all witnessed him when he can uh, turn the, the plight of a team around. He, w- he was that good in Columbus. Uh, Columbus was never that good, but Columbus had Sergei Bobrovsky, and he did amazing things for them. He couldn't do them by themselves, and he couldn't score goals. So but he he can he can be in the mode. And I and I I have friends in Columbus we talk about it all the time and and they say when he's in this groove there's no one better.
0: Is your friend JD? Like that's not a nickname, that's those are initials.
4: <laughs> Maybe
0: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was on with my buddy Armdog today on the Chirp Podcast, and we were discussing con Smythe candidates because we're halfway, some storylines have emerged, and we get to Carolina, and it's no fault of their own. Uh, I don't want people to start saying, e- if they win, it's going to go to somebody in the other team because there's valuable players on that Carolina team that deserve some consideration for playoff MVP. But could we get to a point... Where plus minus that category is influential in a Con Smythe trophy candidate. No. Because Jack of Slavin is, is plus 14 right now and he's getting some yeah. consideration.
4: No, I, I don't. And, and, you know, here's the thing with the Con Smythe we're halfway through the playoffs when it comes to the Con Smythe winner. Halfway. Uh, it, it is so er, it, it is so early in deciding who the playoff MVP is because we haven't played half the games that they're going to be voted upon and 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 the, um, the amount of people that will show up for the Stanley Cup final um, will outweigh what we've seen through the first two rounds and what we'll see in the conference final. So it, as much as we love to talk about MVPs at this point, I just think it's so premature because we can see the ebbs and flows, and, and I, I think that um, the first hint of an MVP really comes out of this next series, and then we'll start to think, okay, what happens? How, how do we how do we measure who that MVP is? But it's far too early. I just think you're looking for things to talk about.
0: I don't think so. <laughs>
4: Oh. I don't. I think plus okay. So I give me plus your, give me your, going your, to come you, into you play. You think Jacob Slavin is the MVP for Carolina. I don't agree with you, but that's okay.
0: I think he should be in consideration for that, and I'll give give you two or three names from every team, but I think Slavin does deserve to be in that class, and if Carolina wins, it's going to be a defenseman. I,
4: now, I do agree with you there. Mm-hmm. I think uh, even though Sebastian Ahu has had a, had a pretty good start to the playoffs, He's got five goals, uh, but five I, I assists. I actually think it's going to be Brent Burns. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So and so, I, I think I think your your prognostication about being a defenseman for the Carolina Hurricanes is actually right.
0: And there's nothing wrong with with uh, rewarding some of these little valued metrics if they're so strong that they're unique. And that's where I go with with Slavin.
4: Yeah, I, 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 I think yeah, I think the MVP isn't a statistical award. I think it's an eyeball test, and I think that when when we see what happens in the next two rounds, we're going to look at it and say, "Wow, he was really good." I don't think I need to look at a score sheet or a stat sheet to figure out who should be the MVP.
0: What about a championship series MVP and a Conn Smythe <laughs> Trophy winner?
4: Uh. You mean do, do two? Yeah. Well, I'm sure that the marketing guys at the NHL would be thrilled with that That'd and get awesome. another sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, but but in the end, I think that w- what has happened with the what has happened with the Conn Smythe Trophy in the in the last thirty years is it it, it really has become a Stanley Cup Final uh, MVP, and and very little weight is put to the first three rounds.
0: Do you think there should be extra weight on the Stanley Cup Finals best player?
4: Uh, what do you mean by that?
0: <laughs> there should be extra value on the player that was best. Uh, in no, the No, I only Stanley say Cup that finals? because I,
4: I think people get impacted by <laughs> you know this final series, uh, the and, and they get they get blinded by it. What you know, it's you know it, it just becomes well. He's been really good through the first four victories, or for the first three victories, and they're going to have a fourth victory. He should be the MVP. And, and quite frankly, they. I mean, the first round of the playoffs was so far away, they can't remember. And right. they probably, if they're a national reporter, there's a good chance they didn't even see it.
0: That's that's a great point because you're going every second night. Uh, I was trying to get you riled up with the finals usage. I asked you no, questions I would, I, I, for, I just, no, for no reason thought, other than to get you riled a, up. A, 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 a,
4: you're, you're, you're using your list a little too much.
0: No, because no? you, you, you've tuned people in hard. When well, use the yeah, word because I want to do
4: it right. Yeah. You know, there, there is a way to do it. We, we are a league that deems it the Stanley Cup Final, F-I-N-A-L, not the Stanley Cup Finals, like in the NBA, uh, for a reason. So let's, let's do it right. And if, if you don't understand that, then, you know, you shouldn't be on a national-level broadcast calling it the Finals. Like it's the Western Conference Final. No S at the end of Western Conference Final that the Golden Knights are playing in. But I can call or the, it Eastern the Conference Final that starts tonight.
0: But I can call it the Conference Finals, right? Because there are two, okay. yes. The King okay. of Florality,
4: yes. Okay. Just, just, yeah. make it, just make This is strong. what I'm up against all the time, Ryan. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. I, I understand you know? 100%. Uh, so if you look at the Florida Panthers, Carolina Hurricanes, we, we talked about Bobrovsky. Uh, what, what is another thing that the Florida Panthers have to do if they can upset Carolina?
4: Oh, I think that they have to, they have to be as vicious mm-hmm. as you can be within the rules without getting suspended. Uh, I, I think that we have to see uh, every time Sam Bennett and Matthew Kachuk are on the ice, they finish their checks. Uh, if, if, Florida, if Florida has to slow the Hurricanes down, Florida has to finish every check. Florida has to make sure that Ekblad and Gutis and Brandon Montour are, you know, finishing every check and being as physical as possible in front of their own goal. I think that's the only way that Florida has a chance.
0: Bennett and Gutis Mm -hmm. could be the most important players. Huge.
4: Should be. Should be, you know. Yeah, I mean, and, and and you know when you look at at both of them, you wonder why they weren't so successful with the other teams they played in. Although Gudis is one of those guys that uh, I do think everywhere he plays he's made an impact. It's just that he, he he's in that window of well, we, if we're going to make a trade or you know or we can't afford to pay him as much as he's worth, that that he gets he he, he loses out. But you know, I mean, there there were stories that at the trade deadline that that the Panthers were contemplating getting rid of him then.
0: That's because people wanted him.
4: That's because people wanted him. And yeah. and in the end, um, Bill Zito decided not to move him. And, and look what he did on that winning goal in overtime against the Maple Leafs in game five.
0: The shout right in Wall's <laughs> face. So good. Yeah. I, I, I told Armdog I'd, I'd go to jail if I played Gudas. It was just, it would be so nasty facing that guy, but he's so valuable. Do you, do you think he's dirty? Yes. Do you yep. think he is a player that plays
4: outside the rules? No. I think he goes right to the line and doesn't yeah. cross it. Hmm. And I think that there there's an art to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's know, dirty, too. The, the, the fact that you're there you are with your nicknames with Colby Armstrong. Just, nobody Arm in Las Vegas <laughs> is listening to us tonight knows who Arm Dog is.
0: Colby Armstrong.
4: Colby Armstrong is his name. You know, but, you know, Colby was one of those guys as a player that every once in a while would play to the line. Mm -hmm. You know, and one of the most vicious open ice hitters in the history of the game, Colby Armstrong. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting in the situation room night after night, and people would say, oh, here comes Colby. You know, and then they'd look at each other and say, decide, well, was that, you know, was that suspendable or not? Nah, it it was within the rules. That's okay.
0: You're just jealous that you can't call him arm dog. You don't know him that well.
4: I don't call people by nicknames. You know that. <laughs> We're not going there.
0: Uh, John Shannon's with us, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada.
1: So, from the Florida Panthers trying to drag uh, the the Carolina Hurricanes into a, a muddy track, what what are from a physicality standpoint? Are, are what are you expecting out of Vegas and Dallas? Because. I think, you know, to me, the Edmonton series was maybe a a bit chippier than I thought it would be going into it. What are your expectations on on that side of things when it comes to Vegas and Dallas? A
4: little bit of the same, really. Um, And what you really really like with this series is both teams are deep. Mm -hmm. Both teams have four lines they can play. Both teams have really solid defenses. No, the, the the biggest question mark head to head might be in goal, and and I, and I and I and I I say that hedging my bet because I thought Aiden Hill was really good when he became the number one guy, but Jake Ott seen can steal games, Aiden, and we did see Aiden Hill. I think we saw Aiden Hill steal a game in Game Six. Mm-hmm. I really do. So if if you can tell me somehow, some way that. Ottinger and Hill can be close to equal. This, this, this could be the best of nine. It could be a fun series to be around. You know, Both teams have speed. Both teams have snipers. Both teams have big defensemen. Both, both teams have solid leadership. When you look at captains, and when you look at, at, at guys who, who are leaders in the room and on the ice, when you look at Ben and Stone and Petrangelo and Pavelski, I mean, you got everything, and then and on top of that, you've got that great outside story of, you know, Peter DeBoer was there last year, isn't there this year? But look who they're playing, and it, it, it's kind of cool.
0: And Bruce Cassidy wasn't here last year; he is now, and they're buddies, uh, good friends from Team Canada. They were part of uh, John Cooper's staff that ended up not going to the Olympics, so, so they
4: really weren't part of a staff. Well,
0: they were part of the staff. Yeah. Well, how, up, how about they have, well, like, they have meetings and stuff.
4: How about who? Who's Peter DeBoer's best friend? Steve Spot. Other oh than no, Steve Paul Spot. Maurice.
0: Paul Maurice. Okay, now I get Paul to Maurice. Yeah, yeah. You're walking me down a path there. Yeah. And Paul and Peter have they've never met in the playoffs before. No. And there's that possibility. It would mean Vegas not winning, so we yeah. don't want that. But uh, but there is there is that storyline. Come oh up. no,
4: it there it's it's it really is amazing when you think 32 teams started and 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 best friends are now in the in the final 4. <laughs> you know, I I I I always you know, amazed at at this sport at times when when you're trying to tell stories and you say, "Well, this guy knows this guy from way back when, like when they were kids." And that to me is just fantastic stuff.
0: Every time I talk about Peter and Paul, I think biblical, and I, I
4: get all. Oh, like, I think Peter, Paul, and Mary. I <laughs> oh, well, weren't good they good. at the Sands Hotel for weeks on end?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good call on that. Uh, John Shannon's with us. Uh, what do you What do you think the first two rounds have done for Jack Eichel's uh, assessment around the National Hockey League?
4: Well, I I I I think that there's people that have opened their eyes and said, you know what? Now we see what people saw in Eichel because it, it never, he, he had spurts of greatness in Buffalo. Uh, he, he had, and, and I think he had to buy the time, and I, I said this on our own show too, um, you know, it, it was unfair to think that Jack Eichel would come off of artificial disc surgery and be the second overall pick and be that great right away in Vegas. It has taken time. Um, and then there's a learning curve for a guy like Jack Eichel that say, hey, buddy, these are the Stanley Cup playoffs. This isn't regular season game 58 in the middle of of February. These are the Stanley Cup playoffs, and you have to play like it. I think the residual effect for Eichel won't necessarily be measured this year at all, but I think it will be measured next year during the regular season when you see somebody who has matured and understands what his role is. That's when you're going to say, okay, jack we know what you can do now and now where there's an expectation that you can be a hundred point guy you can be a 40 goal scorer you can be an all-star you can be a trophy winner but that's going to be next year after he understands the toll it takes to be in the stanley cup playoffs this long
0: i wonder what uh, just the solid foundation of being here and he's played under bruce for the full year but yeah. That, that's his third coach in three years, and I go back to the, all the Buffalo days. I don't know how many coaches he's he's played under, and general managers uh, along the way, and and this year has been just smooth sailing. And I wonder how much that goes towards his involvement.
4: Oh, I think I think stability at every level is important. I, I think that when you can walk into an organization. And, and you, you guys have a better feel for it than I do, not living there. I don't live there. You know, I only want to go to Grimaldi's Pizza. Um, <laughs> but uh, when you know that George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon and now Bruce Cassidy set a tone, and there is, there is a Golden Knights way of doing things. You know, it's only been five or six years, but there is a way of doing things with this hockey club. And... For the longest time in Buffalo, that way changed every th- three weeks. Uh, and, uh, you know, st- the stability of ownership uh, changed in Buffalo at times when, you know, the Pagula family were overly involved or not involved. Well, we, we know the hierarchy, and the, it's not going to change in Las Vegas, and that's a good thing, and that helps, that helps every player. That helps every guy in the organization to know, here's how this club works and will work for years and years and years to come.
1: You know, and kind of all along that same thread is is Mark Stone and and kind of the work that he put in to get himself back and ready for this this playoff run for the Golden Knights after having his second back surgery. I, you know, Darren and I were talking about it a little bit earlier that this was maybe the time where we thought Mark would be an impactful player, and yet he's been able to be an impactful player throughout the first two rounds of the postseason. Uh, what is his run through? The first eleven games or so yeah. told you about Mark Stone.
4: Oh, I think I used to think I knew how good he was, mm-hmm. and I used to think, and Darren and I've talked about this off air, uh, what a great leader he was. See, I, I think so. So much of what we're talking about with Jack Eichel uh, and is osmosis something that that you know that. Mark Stone puts in place. I mean, Mark Stone's older. Mark Stone has been through the, the wars in so many ways, both physically and mentally. And I mean, how, can you, how can you not be enthused to be a teammate of Mark Stone? <laughs> you know, how can you not? I mean, I, I'd like to be a teammate of Mark Stone. And then he goes out and does little things, things that I don't think that many people, even even sophisticated hockey fans, Really understand the little things he does, the little checking. You know, there are so many times, even as, even all the way back to his time in Ottawa, where people would say, "Watch him lift sticks, mm-hmm. watch him deflect pucks, angling, angling." Absolutely, all of that stuff, he does it better than anybody. Um, you know, he he has. It's funny. I I, I I would have told you he probably deserves to be in the Selk. If he had a full season, he probably should be any in any Selkie discussion. Mm-hmm. Don't you think, Darren?
0: Yeah, I mean, the winger part is what I think uh, causes havoc when it comes to his finally yep, getting You're over probably right. That. I don't think it's right, but uh, but I, no, I do think. No, it plays I think a you're.
4: I, I do think people. But again, I th- also think that speaks to the ignorance of the writers who, yep. who vote, yep. who don't, uh, who now don't travel as much. And, and and that's another topic for another day. That we have, you know, I think we should be changed in who votes for awards. People who actually see more than eighty two games mm-hmm. should be voting for awards.
0: Here's, uh, here's some cool things about uh, Mark Stone. It came up today on the, on the Realm, our, our stream that we did uh, around practice and the media availability. I've known this for a while, but I've never felt right replaying it and, or uh, passing it on to everybody. But Mark Stone, every practice, will use an old stick and old gloves. And it might be a stick. And, and he's got, because they stamp it on it, and he loves coming by and going, eh, it's 2018. <laughs> it's a, this one's from 2017. He uses old stock and then mm-hmm. old gloves. And then for the game, switches to the brand new stick, freshly made, and brand new gloves. As uh, you know what he's thinking here, it's use old stuff, don't feel as good. Uh, and then you put on the, the fresh stuff, and you feel a million bucks. Just it's a it's a cool approach from a professional athlete who may be guiding himself through this. It may be some mind games as much as physical. Probably is mind games, but uh, but I thought it's a, it's a neat little story about, about Stone and his preparation.
4: Well, as I said, I, I you know the he's when he got moved from Ottawa to Vegas. I don't think people really appreciated it very much. And I think in, I think that people have watched him now and understand understand what he can do on the ice. And 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 I mean I say this every week when I'm talking to you guys. Does anybody enjoy scoring a goal more than Mark Stone? <laughs> nope. Nope. No. And that to me that's that's guys that's what this game is all about. Because it is still a game. It is still supposed to be fun. It is competitive. And and that's why you'd say I'd love to be a teammate of Mark Stone's any day of the week.
0: And that's what I love about what the Golden Knights are, are showing right now. They're having fun. They're not so dialed in and locked into this journey. Uh, yeah. There's an outward uh, fun part of it. Hey, uh, games are Tuesday and Thursday next week. Wow. That falls on your days. I'll oh. give you the option to come on Monday and Wednesday if you want, but I, I don't want to throw
4: your schedule out of, uh, out of sync. It's up to you. I, 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 I just do whatever Chris Chapman tells me. Chappy. <laughs> no. Chris Chapman. <laughs> he calls Not you Shannon, You gotta call him Chappy. Come on, I'm sending a tweet out in the next 24 hours. Could people start using names and stop with the nicknames? If I hear one more night of Messencelli and, and PK, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be angry.
0: Chapman, get in here.
3: <laughs> Oh, I'm pointing at I'm pointing at the microphone. Well, I, don't
0: know. And I was he's trying to get you to open
3: your mic. Yeah, well, I, I I don't need to open my mic. John is John is Shanny. He's, no,
4: he's got the court. you no. you called him Shanny. <laughs> I, I you walked I, into this. I, I you know I what? told I did, you not to. I, I said walk don't into do it. it. But, but I know that John does not like nicknames, so he will be John Shannon. He he. I, Shanny go. is gone from my lexicon.
0: Recur- there we go. I referred to Shanny today in a in a text as we were going back and forth as John, and he came back with Darren. <laughs> well, <laughs> we got very formal. <laughs> uh,
4: I just, I just, as long as I remember, it's only one R. I'm okay.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Somebody actually requested me for an interview in Toronto for tomorrow, and the producer said, "Hey, Darren, hope you're doing good, pal." Da 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 And he spelled it with two R's. I I'm see. Like, and he's are say you I'm serious?
4: Not yeah, I, I, you can't it, spell my name right and and call me pal. Yeah, I know. If it wasn't
0: for <laughs> Kipper, if it wasn't yeah. Kipper's producer. I yeah. would say well, here's, no.
4: Here's the other one. Count how many times in the next month you hear a guy say Bud. Hey, Bud. bud. How are you doing, Bud? Oh, that drives, That's the other one that drives me crazy. That's
0: your buddy, John McClane, uh, Doug McClain. Doug McLean. Hey, Bud. Well, no. everybody
4: does it. That's awful.
0: Bud, Bud, Bud. Everybody on PEI is Bud. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Bud, bud <laughs> the Spud. Uh, have a good weekend. Enjoy the games, pal. Buddy.
4: Shani. Darren, it will be my pleasure. Ryan and Chris, it's always a pleasure to talk with you. And, and by the way. Good luck, George. (laughs) Ah, (laughs) boy.
0: John Shannon, former executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada, will be back to set up hour number two on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Jack Eichel, Aiden Hill, Bruce Cassidy all coming up in hour number two, plus one-timers. News notes from around the National Hockey League, including an update on game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. About to get underway between Florida and Carolina. Your chance to qualify for tickets to Game 2. Vegas and Dallas also ahead on Fox Sports Las Vegas.